0: from A A T H the association for applied and therapeutic humor this is laughbox <laughs> the podcast for laughter and humor professionals here's your host chip lutz For LaughBox, the song stylings of Chip Lots. And then Marley said to Scrooge, Your chain was as heavy as this seven years ago, and you've labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. Yes, I'm talking about the conferences of Christmas past, or ATH past, with my good friend Julie Ostro. We've been good friends for a long time. We've done a few projects together, and that was important with the conference coming up to talk about some conferences in the past, some different experiences that we'd had, some different key learnings, and also talk about what we're looking forward to on this year's conference. Uh, this year's conference? Yeah, it's the 4th through the 7th of April. Yeah, Oak Brook, near Chicago. If you haven't registered, it's not too late. Go to ath.org and get it done. So, let's talk to Julio. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Laugh Box, the official podcast for the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And today, I'm talking about the conference, conference memories, maybe why you should come to the conference, and I'm talking about it with a good friend of mine who I've known nearly a decade, and she was the inaugural um, person. On the podcast, Julie Ostro, the big Julio.
1: Woohoo! Hey there, Chip. Hey. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Now, since it has been a while since you've been on the podcast, I mean, I know you well, well too well, um, but for the people listening, if you just give them like the hot skinny on who Julie Ostro is.
1: The hot skinny on who J- Julie Ostro is, well... First of all, I'll start off with the fact that yes, you and I have been friends for almost a decade. We met in a laughter training session way back when. Yeah. And I think we met at the first conference I went to in Las Vegas, two
0: thousand nine. Las Vegas. Right. I was conference. I was co-chair that year with uh, Mary Kay Morrison. Yes, it was a great conference.
1: There you go. And I think Lenny Dave was the president or just the most recent outgoing president or immediate past president. So um, a little bit about moi is that I have studied improvisation at the Second City way back in the 90s, way back before I even knew what I was going to be when I grew up. and still trying to grow up. So that's for a different podcast, right? So that's for Growth Fest, or Growth Box, not Laugh Box. And what I discovered was that I have a passion for improv, I have a passion for finding the funny in life, which is also the name of my business, and humor and laughter. And I thought, well, wait a minute. There's gotta be a place where I can talk about, it. I can't be the only one who believes like this. And then I happened upon AATH way back when, you know, 10 years ago, and it's just been evolving too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool that I have conversations with people about improv or humor or laughter, and it's almost as if we're all on a similar path of finding a a humorous element into all areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we might have a similar path, but then again, it, it might be different. Um. Yeah.
0: What's amazing to me, I mean, you're talking about, you know, like when you went to uh, Second City back in the, the 90s, like I remember doing my master's thesis um, at the end of the 90s on humor and education, and there just wasn't a whole lot of, you know, I really had to dig deep to find information. And and so we've come a long way in the last 20, 20 plus years on the availability of research and information on humor. As well as the applications, and I think AATH has had a a, a big impact um, on the availability of that information, and having you know our people you know share the stuff that they're doing out there in the world in order to make the world a better place.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great that there is an organization that that is making an impact and continuing to do that research and additional findings. Um, you know, and I just had this vision, this visual of. People doing their own thing, almost like little separate pods, but we've been coming together more and more because we're finding each other. We're finding, oh, you do that? That's cool. Oh, you're doing that humor study in nursing homes. Oh, that reminds me of this study that so-and-so is doing. Mm-hmm. So then instead of being all these individuals doing their own thing, we're combining our, our efforts and, and our studies and our experiences.
0: Into one large humor brain.
1: Bom, bom, bom. <clears throat> so,
0: yeah, um, so I wanted to talk about some of your conference memories, some of the things you think, you know, why people should come to the conference because you've been going to the conference yeah, almost as long as I have. I yeah, started going in 2006 uh, and I've missed two along the way uh, because of circumstances beyond my control. When I was in the hospital next year, my dad died. Um, and so I couldn't go to those. But, you know, it's one of those things that I hate to miss. But before we get into that, I'm just gonna ask you a random question just to get our just to get our conversation going. Just to just to move it along there, Julio. All right, so
1: Okay, Chip L
0: Um, you got uh brother, sister. What are any
1: siblings? Yes. I am the youngest of six kids. Are you really? It, yeah. I'm the youngest of six, and Me I have too. a brother. He's the oldest. You're yeah. the youngest of
0: six? I am, yeah. So um all right. So, cause I think that growing up in a large family like that is good and it also can be traumatic. So what's that one thing that, um, your siblings used to torture you with when you were growing up that still, still today, you know, you think, you know, one day I'm going to get them back for that.
1: Well, I haven't really gotten them back for this because there's the opportunity has not lent itself, but I have shared it in my stand up routine and also in my stories. Mm-hmm. Because my philosophy, Chip, used to be, oh, okay, meaning you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. I allowed them to put me in the dryer and press start. <laughs> and, and, and at least, you know, Chip, at least I had my limits, right? right? So even though when I was six or seven years old, I had my boundaries. I said, okay, but at least leave the door open because I knew there was that button they could press that – that would turn on when you close the door so they could press that and i remember just hearing soomp 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 that was my head um, so really they have not um they've not suffered the consequences of that it's just that i get more pity or uh, people just nod their head oh that's why you're the way you are right yeah
0: Yeah. Or
1: my sister, Carol, I love all my siblings. I really do. Yet, (laughs) if she's listening to this, she'll agree. There were things that she would say that I believed and tormented me. And I remember I was overhearing a conversation she was having with my mom, and they were talking about colics. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, well, what is a colic? And Carol looked at me and she said, it's when your hair turns green and it all falls out. Oh, and by the way, Julie, you have four of them. I was traumatized because I believed it. I believed. Do you think maybe that might be one reason why, through the years, I had trouble trusting people? Oh, so I I, just, I would look in the mirror every morning, Chip, and wondering if my hair was turning green yet and if it was falling out.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, my brothers Isn't had me it? convinced. My brothers had me convinced when I was uh, four that when I turned five, I was going to turn into a girl. And, uh, <laughs> I, and so I have four older brothers, and they and I have a sister, April, and they say, "Well, April used to be a boy." You know, and then our fifth birthday just fell off. And I was like, what? No, no. And I cried and I cried and I cried. Um, And then it didn't happen. And they're like, well, it probably happens on your sixth birthday. But I didn't believe them then. So again, yeah, I have trust issues as well. So there you go. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: I understand. I understand you so much better now. (laughs) So much better. Having similar life experiences. Yep. That's Yes.
1: And and what's interesting, we have this conversation now, and we've known each other for almost 10 years. Hmm. Yeah. So that goes to show you just never know everything about somebody.
0: This is true. Until you get on a podcast and you ask them some stupid question. And then you find out the real, the real stuff right there. So let's. Uh, and then
1: you think, Yes. And I'll just add, and you think, oh, that's no problem. Nobody's listening to this conversation. And then you remember, oh, this is being recorded and shared.
0: And shared. That's right. Globally. Global. Oh, uh,
1: you didn't so tell me that.
0: Let's go back to your first conference. I want to you know talk about you know some of our conference memories and maybe we can talk about like maybe some of the things we've gotten from going to the conference as well as you know some of the benefits people get out of being there. So, you know, you, you made the decision to invest in yourself, go to your first conference in Vegas. What was that
1: like for you? Two words. Lenny Dave. <laughs> I had because he was the pet, the president or immediate past president. I connected with him. I think via email before I went there, mm-hmm. and then when I met him in person, I had the warmest welcome from him, and that was when I felt, oh my gosh, I found my people. Right. I found my people, and then I believe it was in the keynote presentation. Ah, uh, yes, John Moriel, yeah. who is the he, oh. Oh my gosh! I loved what he had said about about humor, and I know you're going to probably ask me, "Well, what did he say?" Don't remember exactly, but I remember what he said about humor and the fact that he was talking about humor mm-hmm. and the fact that this man who was working at this well, this um, prestigious prestigious magazine, New York Times, here he is at this conference, mm-hmm. this humor conference, and I, I'm. Um, grasping on, every, holding on every word. I can't even talk. Right. And then fast forward to two summers ago when I spoke at the uh, Canadian positive psychology conference, uh-huh. the international humor studies association was going on then. And I saw him speak. So I like, I met my idol. So back right. then when I saw him speak in Vegas, I didn't realize he was my idol. And yeah. then I saw him a couple years ago. So what is it about AATH conferences? is that it's, it's fun. There's the family, but one thing I really like about it is the fact that I can leave with at least one nugget of information I can take back to the corporations I speak to yeah. or, you know, the one-on-one conversations I have with people. Interesting, so it's the, interesting yeah. thing
0: about John Moriel is, um, uh, since I was co-chair, I had reached out to him to have him speak at the conference because when I, like I said, I had done my um, master's thesis, I had referenced his book of philosophy of humor. And in his book, you know, i had called, you know, I'd, I had reached out to him to ask him if there's anything else I could do. And he put me in touch with um, a, uh, a priest at Marquette University who's named Father John uh, Noss, who passed away a few years ago. And he, used, he, he actually taught a class on philosophy of humor as well. And so I got to go up and interview Father Noss. And um, it was just an interesting cycle of, you know, I want to say uh, things that uh, when I got to hear him speak, I I felt kind of the same way. Like, oh, here's this guy, you know, that, you know, put me in touch with, you know, a father, Noss, and I referenced him in my master's thesis. It's just, you know, it was, it was, it was cool for me as well. Absolutely. Um, I get
1: jazzed meeting these people. And yes, if I met James Taylor, who I was a fan of for years, I'd be happy, but I'm even happier when I, when I meet these people, these, these are humor <laughs> rock stars to me.
0: That's right. You've seen, you've seen fire and you've seen rain, but you've never yeah seen And dance. sweet
1: baby James, but yeah, sweet who baby cares? James.
0: That's right. Yeah. Who cares about all that? Um, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you said that about the whole family thing. I remember my first conference back in 2006. It was, it was so I don't want to say surreal, but it was it was uh, people were just so genuinely nice, and I was thinking it's like it's going to be hard for me to go back to real life after this because real people aren't this nice, aren't this genuinely nice, and you know right. that's pretty much at every conference I get the same feeling. You know, you you're sitting around, you're you're going through like for me, I'm going through the the conference dollars I'm going to spend for the year. You know what I'm going to do? I think ah oh, well you know. I've you know going to the ATH conference. Is you know, it like, nice to have? Is it need to have? And I think you know what, Chip, it is absolutely a need to have. So because mm. not only do you get, like you said, you get you know a few things that you can take back and apply in your life, but also um, you just walk away feeling uh, completely different. It like pegs my happiness meter for like six months afterwards.
1: Uh, yeah, a, a huge, huge hit of natural dopamine in the brain.
0: Man, oh, you're getting you're getting all scientific and everything. I was just, you know, but exactly. Awesome. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dopamine, all dope. You're using the like... dopamine. Yeah, um,
1: reduction of cortisol. You know that stuff too. No, that I don't cortisol know any stuff. Of that,
0: all that fancy talk. Stop it with all your, your jabber jabber. Um, <laughs> well, it's interesting. Even
1: though I was going to say, even though you were my. My, one of my trainers of certified laughter leaders. And I believe that might've been something you talked about. Yeah. That gibberish, jabberish. I did talk negative. about that.
0: We do talk about that yeah. in the workshop. Yeah, I was just, uh, and I
1: know you were just being facetious, but I, I didn't want to let you skate your knowledge. I was just running
0: around. I was just running. Um,
1: now, this is serious. We have yes. to be serious about humor. Yeah. <laughs> mhm.
0: So, um, now, your first conference uh, you know, was Vegas. Uh, you know, What were some of the other like big conferences for you, that, the ones that stick out in your head since then?
1: Uh, Orlando, uh, where Madonna Kataria spoke, mm-hmm. and that was before I trained under Laughter Yoga. Now, I didn't train under Madonna Kataria, but I trained under Sebastian Zondry, who was trained under Madonna. So I remember then, again, looking back, when I met Madonna Kataria, then fast forward four years later, I think, and looking back, it's like, oh, wow, I saw him speak. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gina, and I've, I forget how to pronounce her last name, starts with Breck, a B, ends uh, with an A. Gina Bureka. Yes. And... I follow her on Facebook, and so I, I apologize, Gina, for not knowing how to pronounce your name. She is a professor and a writer. She's a professor at, at UConn, and I loved her spin on humor, mm-hmm. women in humor. Mm-hmm. And I love her, um, love her take on being courageous in humor. So when I saw her speak, I thought, wait a minute, I don't have to hide. I don't have to be all nice, nice, and, and be all proper. You know, I'm not. I'm not proper. At times, I am proper, but with my humor and my loud laugh, I'm not proper. <laughs> and I love that I give the ability to just, to just be me and and find the funny. And it's this this path of fo- following my humor has really given me a lot more confidence.
0: Yeah, it's, That's it's for another talk. Well, and it's interesting you say that on the. Uh, to me, what, what I hear you saying on the whole thing is just the, um, the authentic nature of the people there at ATH and how they help draw that out of you. Cause a lot of times, I mean, for people like you and I, and some of the people that are listening our entire lives, we've been the oddball, We've been the goofball, we've been the outcast. But when we go to the conference, like you said before, it's kind of like, these are my people. I mean, they, you know, we've all, you know, had that time where we've used humor maybe inappropriately or we were the class clown and, you know, we've, I don't say been shunned, but it's been a little bit harder for us to maybe be accepted in the workplace because we do have a sense of humor and we don't take everything so seriously. Um, and we've had to maybe work harder to compensate, you know, for that, that within ATH there's a band of people that have all gone through the same types of, um, uh, types of you know, situ- uh, experiences.
1: Exactly right. And instead of being squashed or be told, oh, Julie, that's not funny, or worse, when through the years I would make a joke, knowing that I'm joking and my delivery is really dry, being corrected because they think I'm stupid. So when I, through the years, when I would joke around, knowing that I was being brilliant, like, no, that's not the way it is. Knowing
0: Knowing that I was being brilliant, you just threw that in there. That's Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm not arrogant. You know what I mean? (laughs) But back then I didn't know I was being brilliant Uh because I I was shocked. Oh, Julie, you know, what what is that? or correct, I can't think of an exact example on that, but it was just a couple, um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was with someone who was watching a basketball tournament, she was from another city, and she said, oh, the guy from my hometown, he's on this, in this challenge, and so we're watching it, and I said, oh, your friend is on, and she said, that's not my friend, he just plays on the basketball team in my town, (laughs) like, really?
0: And we'll be right back with a little conference talk with Julie O. But now it's time for fun facts. Fun facts is where I share facts about humor, and laughter, sometimes whatever I feel like. And this week it's whatever I feel like. Since we're talking about the conference, I did a little search to find out, and why do people come to conferences? And on the website EventInterface.com, the top two reasons people attend conferences. Number one is to learn. Yeah, that's a gimme. Second is to network and meet people. You know, like we've been talking about and we're gonna continue to talk about in this interview is that a lot of times for people like us, we've been the oddball, the outcast. And within AATH, you're gonna find your tribe. You're gonna find your people. You're gonna be, you well, you're gonna be normal. So go to aath.org, check us out, get to the conference. Now back to Julie O.
1: Look, well, for, for crap's sake, really?
0: <laughs> oh, Did funny. you really have
1: five sticks up your backside or do you just didn't get it? You know, are you just trying to be snotty or just not as smart as I am? That's fine. So there's a little bit of bitterness there, I understand. But if people don't get my humor, they've, I have found that they've tried to criticize me instead mm-hmm. of trying to embrace it. Right, and it's not really that oddball. Or same same person. I'm we're watching a commercial, and I hear the voice of uh, the person who is walking, who's in this commercial, is obviously the voice of the Cheez It guy. And I said, "Oh, hey, you know what? That guy does the voiceover for Cheez It." She goes, "Well, that was random." (laughs) Oh, all right.
0: But with AATH, we appreciate all these things. See, that's exactly that's, that's the nice thing. We we get the we get the joke. Now, one of the things I think is cool, um, and something that we haven't done since is that one of the conference we had the North American Laughing Championships, and you actually you were the North American uh, champion.
1: Yes, and uh, what year, what
0: year you was that? Right in Chicago.
1: It was in San Diego, two thousand thirteen. Okay.
0: Oh man, you have not remember. You're just like, bam, two thousand thirteen.
1: <laughs> but but I'm not obsessing about this achievement at all. Right. Um <laughs> I don't have the, the trophy in my office and the it's highest right. spot on my desk. No, you have it
0: welded you have it welded to the hood of your car so everybody sees it when you drive around. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Some people in the Chicago area put a, uh, put wreaths on the hood of their cars. No, I put my trophy on on on
0: there. And then instead of cussing at people, you just laugh really loud at them. Oh, see, that was hilarious to me. Um, so, you know, so that, that, uh, I couldn't remember the year, but I remember the event and that was a, you know, a pretty cool event that we had, um, there for AATH and that, uh, that you won, which I thought was, you know, pretty cool as well. Cause we being friends
1: Mm-hmm. and thank you for that. And what I, what I learned about that, I learned so much in that moment when I won, because I realized that that wasn't the first time of my life where I was in a moment and I did not care one iota what people thought. And that was huge. And that moment was a transformation for me. And I felt so incredibly supported in that room. I felt so much laughter. I heard so much laughter and, and it wasn't just coming out of my mouth, Mm -hmm. but everybody else in the room. And it wasn't, it wasn't about me. It was about this shared collective of laughter. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to this day, I'll always remember that Mary Kay Morrison appeared out of nowhere with a, a with a bottle of water for me. Like, oh my gosh, she saved me. Um, she said, you, you gotta
0: hydrate, you gotta hydrate. Hydrate,
1: you're gonna laugh, <laughs> you gotta hydrate. Laugh, hydrate. And, <laughs> and Kelly Epperson uh, Simmons, Kelly Simmons and I still talk about how she gave me the good luck hug. She gave me a hug right before I went up there. Now, what I believe is, fascinating about having won this laughing Championship. I, yes, toured with it, so to speak. So for a year and a half, wherever I went, wherever I spoke, I brought that trophy. But it was after a short period of time that I said, you know, this trophy isn't just about me. When I would bring the trophy into a speaking engagement and maybe walk in through um, a hotel to the the banquet center, and then people would look at the trophy, and I just turned the trophy around just so so they could see what it was. Just seeing the words laughing championship Mm -hmm. made people laugh, and when I witnessed people do that, I realized we all have this trophy within us. We all have this ability to laugh, and I believe that that trophy gave people, I didn't even know, permission to laugh. And I remember specifically giving a presentation and then walking by a group of people and laughing with these two couples. And then they started just laughing with themselves. And I walked away thinking, okay, my work here is done. But I still heard them laughing. And one woman said, Frank, when was the last time we laughed like that? Mm -hmm. And I had a smile on my face. And I thought... This is what it's about. This this trophy is just a rep- representation of what we all do in trying to be these catalysts for laughter, these catalysts for humor, mm-hmm. these catalysts for positive experiences. And I love the fact that if you were to stand into a power pose, maybe with your hands on your hips, you are making the shape of a trophy. <laughs>
0: I do that all the time.
1: Yeah. Hey, look at me. Superman? At me. Nope trophy. No, I'm,
0: a, I'm a trophy. I'm a trophy man. Um, so uh, I'm arm candy. <laughs> that's <me. I> never <laughs> has anyone said about me ever, never.
1: Me um, either. And that's why we're not doing video. That's, <laughs> that's why
0: I chose not to do video. <laughs> a, those, are the, those are things that are so incongruent, which is another humor theory in John Moriel's book. Um, anyway, anyway, um, I forgot what I was going to say, Oh, I remember it when you were just saying about how that one woman said to the other person, when was the last time we laughed like that? I, I think that's okay. a good thing for people to think about is, you know, when was the last time that you just were able to be in an atmosphere an environment where you could just laugh and share joy with people? I mean, I think it's one great benefit aside from the education of coming to the conference. I was just at a different conference here a couple of weeks ago where I was speaking in, one of the attendees and I were talking about, and she was talking about you know the reason she married her husband is that he always made her laugh and he was so funny. And that you know, thirty years later, he's just not as you know, they just don't laugh as much anymore. And I was like, when I said I told her, I said, well, probably because you've heard all his jokes. I mean, like you know, my wife, she <laughs> told me this. Funny. And I'm like, I don't care. It's a great story. I'm going to tell you again because um, it always makes me laugh. And it's it's about me, but. um I think that, you know, if you're at that point where you're just like, oh, man, we just, you know, we, we need to laugh a little bit more. I think, yeah, that's a good thing to think about and tipping the, tipping, uh, the scale over in, in uh, favor of coming to the conference. Because you, you are in an environment where people just um, are joyous and they're looking for reasons to laugh.
1: You could almost say that the philosophy, well, maybe I could say. Oh, you're going to get detailed, Philosophy. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm a huge proponent of improv and the philosophy of yes and Mm -hmm. really does apply throughout the conference. Mm -hmm. Someone runs up and hugs you and you hug them back, you know, unless you don't really like that, you know, but let's see if someone shares something funny with you, they are going to listen. That's a demonstration of yes. Um, Another example of yes and is sitting and just being with somebody, not criticizing them. Like, no, that's stupid, Julie. And then walking away. Right. So this um, yes and is the same thing as support. And that's right. what AATH conferences do.
0: And that's, that is a very, good, uh, a very good point to bring out. Absolutely. Now, I think sometimes people get, I don't want to say a little confused when they go to our website because we have people on there and they might look a little crazy. They uh, might look like, you know, they got red clown noses on. We're not just clowns. You know, no. we, we do have people that are clowns, um, but you know, we're not just, we're just not clowns. You don't even have to, you know, um, white clowns to go. I mean, some people, some people do, some people do some hospital clowning. Um, what's, what's your take on clowns, Julio?
1: Well, I didn't always have, um, I have a feeling toward them. You know, I didn't cause I, I even when through the years, people would say, Oh, so, so you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. Oh, you do funny. Oh, are you a clown?
0: Mm-hmm. No, I
1: have my own style. But what I what I learned about clowning, it's it's not just, you know, the makeup, these um well, I'm going to tell you that at the Indy the conference in Vincennes, Indiana, mm-hmm. I heard Patty Wooten speak about. And I think she was a nurse, right? Yep. Member nurse and she had told the, his- told the story and the history of clowning. And this opened my eyes to really appreciate clowning. And that doesn't mean I'm going to study to be a clown or wear a clown nose, because like I said, that, that's not my thing, mm-hmm. but understanding made it, it better. Now, this is what I learned, that way back in medieval times, the court jester was basically the clown, which uh-huh. makes sense, right? And it was the court jester, the only one who could make fun of the king, say something to the king that he didn't necessarily like, and not get killed. (laughs) He made the king laugh, and king or kings laugh, and he would be saved. Mm-hmm. And through the years, I remember having tarot cards read because I love all that kind of stuff. That's fun just to, just to explore that. And mm-hmm. almost every time I got the full card. And I remember the first time I got the fool card, I took it to mean, "Oh, I'm foolish," mm-hmm. and I nothing is. I'm not going to make anything of my life. But then the person who read the those cards said, "No, no, no, Julie, you've got this wrong. The fool is the intelligent one. The fool knows how to fall and then get back up and keep going. And that's what I also learned in." Patty's presentation is that the jester, the, the clown, the fool, falls down, yes, but laughs at himself, gets mm. back up, and gets up back up even stronger. Like, yes, mm. that's me. I'll laugh at myself. And, and I learn from it, and I keep going. And that's, that's the element of clowning that I really, really um, can appreciate.
0: Right. And, you know, perhaps... We need to reinstitute the court gesture in politics today. That would be a great add-on.
1: I also learned that it does take that the sign of a good sense of humor is in, is a sign of intelligence. So we need to work on that element as well.
0: Are you, was that a personal dig towards me?
1: No, it was a personal dig. To, if, if you want to, if this call is being. Monitored by the NSA, then it was a dig towards you. If not, <laughs> then
0: <laughs> oh. so whatever's gonna
1: keep me safe.
0: Yeah, whatever's gonna keep you safe and keep people from with in black cars with dark glasses showing up at your house. Um, so, of so my best conference memories you know, are yeah. You know, very much similar to yours. You know, they're about the people and I still actually refer to my notes from my first conference in 2006, the session that I went to with uh, Dr. Steve Soltanoff where he was talking about Mm. how how he applies humor in um, a therapeutic nature in his own uh, practice as a uh, psychologist. And that, you know, with humor interventions, he helps people, you know, you know, kind of have more of a positive brain and, um, you know, make the rapid mental adjustments. And then he sees progress, you know, through these tiny interventions for them just, you know, looking for something funny and appreciating something funny. And, you know, I uh, probably one of the best sessions I've gone to was um, was that session right there. And he's always like a, a, a treasure trove of, you know, great information that he, you know, researches and applies in his own practice. But I, like I said, I still refer to my notes from that, you know, 13 years later.
1: Yes, Steve. And I think I talked with him at my first conference.
0: Yeah. He, um, and the icon
1: for him would be an encyclopedia with a smiley face on it.
0: (laughs) Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Super smart guy. Super smart guy. Now thinking about say like people out there like if you were talking to somebody on the street and you're talking about AATH you know you know facts tell but you know uh, stories sell you know and it kind of shows the benefit of people come to the conference what do you think some of the the benefits that people come to the conference are
1: that we can tell them say if no one has heard of AATH before
0: yeah I mean, you meet somebody on the street, and they're like, you're going to a humor conference. What the hell is that about?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked. And what's really cool is that the word therapeutic is in the name. It's the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And then they give the look, huh? Yes. But wait, <coughs> there's more. What's that? And this is what I say. It is fascinating to me that, yes, there is an association and a conference on the face of the planet that studies the connection between humor and healing. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just healing in a medical sense, but healing in our relationships, healing in our um, communication style, healing in how we deal with stress, how we deal with grief. Um, so it's, and then their eyes are still peaked with interest. And I say, and you know what? We have researchers, social workers, Uh, teachers, doctors, um, speakers who talk about this. So all these people in different industries come together and they share and learn about humor can help in all these different industries.
0: That is great. That's a great way to look at it too. And I think I I, I like that you brought out that it's people from all different industries. I mean, we're such an eclectic group of people because we have, you know, doctors, nurses, psychologists, social workers, Um, regular people like me that don't have any other skills. Um, me, you have this, (laughs) you you know, really, really, um, odd group of people that come together for a sole purpose and uh it's just it's an a uh, an amazing thing and and the fact that we've actually now have a, a certification process we you, you can can become a certified humor professional where it's like a, a hard education track you know a 3 year track in order to get you know to become certified in humor and its applications is just you know we've come a long way in validating um a lot of the things that we used to think were true but now we know are true mhm mhm in the world of in the world of humor
1: and in the world of humor, which, as I referred to earlier, is, it can be a very, very serious topic. Yes. But it does give even more credibility, even though we know that this humor and adding and infusing humor and laughter into our lives and our, and our workplaces has, has benefits. But sometimes people outside of our understanding need to see that validation.
0: Yeah, they need to come the, experience this stuff. Yeah, they need to come take it all in. Be a part of the fold. Never be the same again.
1: Now, if you are ready to change your life, (laughs) if you are ready, go to the conference. Come to the conference. if you're ready, come to the conference. And if you're ready, come to the conference to be embraced into the fold like Chip said. And have your humor, your "quote unquote" quirky personality embraced. Well, guess what? Chances are you're going to feel normal
0: <laughs> before for the first no, time oh, in your life. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> come to the conference and be normal. There's exactly. your motto. You're There's
0: welcome. Your, actually, that is really a uh, a great way to look at it. Like I said before, uh, for a lot of us, we've always been, you know, Shondra the outcast. And now it's, you know, the, you're going to be normal, you know. So uh, be be normal. Come to the conference. That is a great. <laughs> so big, when you throw out.
1: What's tagline. that? Sorry.
0: That's a great tagline. Embrace your normalness at the AETH conference.
1: Embrace your normalness.
0: Yep. Beautiful. Now, what are you looking forward to at this year's conference?
1: First of all, it's cool that it's less than an hour from my home, located in the uh, suburb of Chicago.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, just so you know, those who are listening who are outside of the Chicago area, Chicagoland is not an amusement park, but (laughs) rather a nifty term for Chicago suburbs.
0: Right. Chicagoland.
1: Chicago Land, no rides just normalcy
0: right although there used to be a um an indoor amusement park uh down by juliet called old chicago i don't know if you remember that from when we were kids but uh probably not i don't i'm a little, no. I'm a little older than you but i remember going up there when i was a kid anyway so you're looking forward anyway to- what i'm looking forward to yeah
1: i am looking forward to some keynote speeches from people who I've known for a while. I'm super happy that um, Melissa Mork is going to be speaking. Mm -hmm. And she, and I, I watched a little bit of her video. I watched a three minute video the other day about how, well, she's talking about humor and grief and, and laughter during bereavement. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I I see. I'm hesitating to say. Oh, I'm excited for her to talk about uh, bereavement, but she is a a dynamite gal. (laughs) She, you know, and she's fantastic. And I love. Yeah, do the one where you talk about. (laughs) Um, I know because in my presentations, I've talked about my how we laughed at my mom's funeral, but Mm -hmm. we weren't laughing. The fact that she, you know, that was her funeral. Right. Um. Anywho, so I'm excited to hear her. I'm excited about the Comedy for Caregivers that's going to be held on Friday night of the conference. And you know what's cool? I've been sharing the information about the conference and the Comedy for Caregivers with people I know in in the area, specifically the improv troupe that I'm a part of. It's called Funny Bones Improv, Mm -hmm. and we're all volunteers, and we... We present. Uh, we do comedy, improv comedy, for children in children's hospitals, for you know, for children and their caregivers, and so hopefully people from the improv troupe will be coming as well.
0: Awesome. So it's all connected. I just love
1: that people I know could really benefit from coming to to that performance on that Friday.
0: Yeah, I've been doing the same, inviting people to uh, to come to that event because it'll be really, really. Hey, for, you know, a lot of people don't realize that like for caregivers, we always focus a lot of our efforts as far as therapeutic humor on the, the patient, but we don't think about the caregiver and caregiving in and of itself is so stressful and um you know, that this is a great event to just uh, laugh and take some of that stress away. So I think it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's an, it's a great event and I, I'm hoping that uh, it gets a really great turnout. I'm just so surprised you say you weren't looking forward to hearing me speak. I'm just like I'm a little downtrodden on that. I feel kinda of bad, but
1: that's okay. Well I was saving that part for last. So Whatever. F-
0: <laughs> you're so full of it. Whatever. Now, um, we're coming I up on time. I that
1: hey, Chip.
0: Yeah. You forgot I that forgot I was that speaking. were speaking. Yeah, I, I didn't the last week, but that's okay. Can you- hey hey
1: Chip, can you ask me that question again, please?
0: Nope, nope, it's too late. Now, I want to make sure that if people want to want connect with you, because you're like one of the, the coolest people I know, just to, you know, you're a lot of fun. You're really funny. Uh, if people want to connect with you after today, where do you want them to go?
1: Hey, thanks, Chip. I think you're pretty nifty too. <laughs> I can be reached on my website, julieostro.com, J-U-L-I-E-O, S as in Sam, T is in tomrow.com.
0: Gotcha. Very good. Now, I added a new section to the show called uh, The Fast Five. I'm going to ask you five questions and just your first thought after each one, you know, and then we'll look to wrap up. All right. Are you ready for the Fast Five questions, Julie?
1: Okay. I'm studying. I'm studying the script.
0: All right. First question okay. yes. Who's your favorite comedian?
1: Ah. Uh. Ah uh, shit. Uh Chip Lutz. <laughs>
0: You're so full of it. Um no really who's your favorite comedian?
1: I I like um I like Stephen Colbert. I really mm. do. I don't know if he's considered a comedian. He's a talk yeah. show host.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: Stephen Colbert.
0: Okay, uh what's your go-to funny movie?
1: Mm I love Elf. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a,
0: you know, what's not one you think of. is just like a traditional funny movie, but it is really, really a hilarious movie. I can watch that even when it's not Christmas. So yeah. Oh, I'm you're an it.
1: angry Elf.
0: Yeah, You're, you're an, angry an angry Elf. elf. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> in the office. Hey, I boy. am singing. <laughs>
1: um.
0: <laughs> what's your third question? What's your favorite kind of comedy?
1: What is my favorite kind of comedy? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do elimination first. Not Three Stooges, not slapstick, but I love, I love, I love intelligent, witty, twisty kind of humor. I didn't too.
0: Do you ever find that when you're at the movies, you're the only person that laughs at a joke? Like the, the yeah. entire place is quiet, but you got it, and like you did, like for yeah. me, I like bust up laughing, and everybody's kind of <laughs> looking at me like, what what the hell is going on over there? yeah,
1: so, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't think you have a quiet laugh either, and I no, love I that. I do not. So, And then when you laugh, it almost feels like it is echoing because right. nobody else in, the, in that theater is laughing.
0: It's worse when it happens at church. So... Um. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. I was in church one time, the pastor was giving this sermon and he's talking about, you know, and he was actually telling a joke, right? And so he's like telling how about, you know, how to, um, you know, in a relationship, how to make a, you know, your wife happy, you know, you cook, you clean, you take out the trash and it goes through this whole long list of stuff. And he goes, and for men, just show up naked. And I just like, I lost it. I like, and my laugh is so big, right? I just like bust up laughing in the church. I mean, it's, nobody else laughs. Nobody else laughs. And, and it's like, and they all, everybody in the church turns around and looks at me, right? Like, what are you doing laughing in church? I'm like, you know, God has a sense of humor. I mean, he does. He, he, yeah,
1: exactly. Look yeah. at your life. That's what you say. Look yeah. at your life. Yeah. yeah then you'll life. say that God has a
0: sense of humor. All right. Question number four. Okay. I smell something stinky. What is it? My barf. All right, good. Number five, what's your favorite joke?
1: Um, I don't remember jokes, but I remember punchlines. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. You just throw out punchlines to people and let them figure out what the Slippers! joke is. Right.
1: Slippers. Slippers.
0: You got to work and then you make them to, they have to work backwards in their head and try to build the buildup to figure out what, exactly. the, what the punchline means. That's classic. That's a great way to um, really apply people, humor in people's lives. Um,
1: you do the work. What I'm standing up here on stage, just because I'm getting paid as your speaker, I have to do all the work. You guys are uh, gonna have to do
0: some of it. Well, as always, it was a lot of fun talking to you today. And I appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to, you know, just talk about the conference because I think it's uh, a great investment people can make in themselves, uh, not only education-wise, but community-wise as well. Like, you won't meet any nicer people than you're going to meet at the conference. So, you know, thanks a lot for sharing a little time with me.
1: Hey, thank you, Chip. Really. Oh, and hey, what are the dates of the conference? I have to make sure that I have those in my calendar. And how about that um – the website.
0: The uh, 4th through the 7th of April in sunny Chicagoland, Oakbrook actually and um, they can find out information at aath.org. That's ass with a lisp.org. <laughs>
1: and, th- and this is when it's okay to be an ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Alright, thanks again Julie. Thanks Chip. I love talking to Julie Ostro. She was the first guest on the show, and I tell you what, I really consider her part of my tribe. You know, part of the people that I identify with, that get the joke, that don't take themselves too seriously, and really are out there trying to make a difference using human humor, laughter, improv, uh, connect with her. But more importantly, I'm gonna tell you that you're gonna to wanna to come to the conference. You're gonna be able to meet people that can be part of your new tribe. So I want you to go to ath.org. I want you to check out the conference, look at the lineup, go buy your ticket, get your hotel room. If you've got any questions at all about the conference or why you should do this, email me direct at chip at unconventionalleader.com and I will tell you, or hell, give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to you about it as well. So until next time, this is Chip Lutz saying, we'll keep the laugh box for you. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes for show notes and more information about today's conversation. Visit laughbox.aath.org.